Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the Union Hall in Valentine Bluffs, discussing the 1981 cult classic slasher film, My Bloody Valentine. This film was directed by George Mahalka from a screenplay by John Beard. While the film follows in the footsteps of holiday-based slashers like Black Christmas and Halloween, My Bloody Valentine is an often overlooked entry in the subgenre compared to its predecessors. Despite a poor performance at the box office and receiving mixed reviews from contemporary critics, the film has amassed a cult following over the decades, including the likes of Quentin Tarantino, who in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, named it his favorite slasher film of all time. So, My Bloody Valentine. What were your first impressions on the film? I had never seen this movie before. Never. At all. That's and, crazy. And yeah. well, the thing was, was that uh, I had seen the previews or the trailer for the newer version. Mm. And I, uh, it You're didn't like pass. Yeah, <laughs> it, it didn't, it didn't really look too good. So I was like, eh. And then I was seeing that it was a remake and I was like, oh man. I was like, I wonder, I bet, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. If the first one sucked or it looked bad. <laughs> as this, yeah, yeah, as bad as this. But. I was very mistaken. Really? This movie <laughs> is fucking great. I enjoyed it the whole time. I figured it could go either way with you. So right, I was 100%. <laughs> I yeah. was very afraid. <laughs> well, I, I I went in and you know what I mean? Like I said, it was the first time. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, give it a chance or whatever. But I want to say, I don't know what, the first 30 minutes after that, I was like, this is, I was like, this is great. I was <laughs> like, I'm awesome. having fun. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, this is fucking great. This wasn't my first time watching this i remember mom really really likes this one so this movie was just always kind of there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i feel like i didn't fully appreciate it honestly until watching it for the show it's funny because my friend Kristen had texted me and was like should i buy it and i go you know what i said it's free on prime (laughs) it's an 80s slasher why don't you go ahead and watch it on prime first and then i rewatched it and i was like you know what Buy it. Buy yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a fucking blast. Oh, like, yeah. Honestly, I really I I've always liked it, but I never had an appreciation for it like I do watching it again mm-hmm. now. No, I think I'm in the exact same boat. I always liked this movie because we grew up with it. Right. Yeah. Mom, when I told her we were covering it for the show, she told me that when she was a kid, they would go to the video store and rent a movie, her and her sisters. Right. She always, <laughs> over and over, rented My Bloody Valentine. They're like, God. Yeah. Again, <laughs> <laughs> shit. But she, that's her connection to the movie, just watching it <laughs> right, right. constantly. And then, of course, along with Halloween, she passed that on to us mm-hmm. yeah. as children. But the thing is, is that it's not one of those movies that is like, oh, well, it's tied to nostalgia. That's the right, right. only reason it's good. No, it's just a good, fun it really, movie. It really is. No, yeah, that was something that, like, watching the whole thing, I was like, this is from beginning to end. I was yeah. like, it's yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, you can tell it's 80s, whatever, but mm-hmm. who cares? Like, it, it was a complete movie that was fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like it takes on the slasher genre in a different way mm-hmm. because it's not teenagers right. getting killed. Yeah, you know? I had I had wanted to make a similar point was that it's a really unique story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's some really creative deaths. Oh, I want to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> because I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The thing that's really bothersome about the deaths is that according to Terror Trap, 
they did an interview with George Mahalka, mm-hmm. the director, and he said that the main issue that they had with this film is that, in his view, in 1980 in December is when John Lennon was killed. Yeah. And so his understanding of it was that they were really cracking down on violence in media. And so during the production of this film, they wrote the script in five weeks. They shot it in a month. Damn. Wow. Because <laughs> what happened was they were trying to meet this goal of having this film released by Valentine's Day because Paramount's like, look, oh, all right, all right. if you get it released, we'll send it into 1,200 theaters in North America. Yeah. So they're like, we got to get this we, shit yeah. out. <laughs> so towards the end of it, they're having all these issues with the MPAA who are saying, look, you got to cut this scene down. Look, no, that's too much gore. You got to cut that what? scene out and all this. And so you get all these great kills, but they're not what the director wanted. Right. Because like all of them got trimmed, right? Every single kill yeah. oh, was wow. trimmed. And so as we get into it, I'll tell you more what was the intent. Right. Because there's some great effects in this film mm-hmm. that did not make it into this film. That sucks. I had read that one of the effects, and I don't know which one, had made somebody vomit when they saw it. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Now, before we cancel this film's dance, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's head down into the mine. So the film opens inside the Hanager mine. We get this low-angled shot at a Dutch angle of two miners walking toward the camera with their headlamps on. They continue making their way into the mine with foreboding music accompanied by the sound of their breathing. Yeah. <laughs> my my first thought was that a mine is a really legit setting for a horror film. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was an idiot because I was like thinking in my head as I was writing this. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, hmm, Valentine's, be mine. Is that why they set this in a mine? <laughs> <laughs> I think you cracked it. I think I did. Well, I was way off then. Because all I thought about was the mole people from Fallout. <laughs> what does that have to do with love? I don't know. They're very loving. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I did want to point out through various sources, this was actually filmed in a real mine. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's in Nova Scotia. I had read that when they had said that they were going to film here... The city of Nova Scotia spent $50,000 cleaning the inside of the mine to prepare for them. And then they arrived and they were like, no, we yeah. we wanted it <laughs> dirty and grimy. So they spent $75,000 making it filthy again. Oh, my God. I and was like, you can't oh, fault them. my God. No. no. They were trying to do the right <laughs> thing. They were trying to do good. But don't ever clean my mine again. <laughs> <laughs> But the two miners eventually reach a lighted area, and after one of the miners checks to make sure that the coast is clear, the other miner, revealed to be a woman, starts taking off her clothes. They have, I mean, they're taking safe sex to a whole new level. (laughs) It's like, so we're safe from STDs and black lung. So that's cool. But she takes off her helmet and mask and whips her hair like a L'Oreal commercial. (laughs) This is when the other miner's breathing intensifies. I was yeah. going <laughs> to say, I'm really not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but is the Michael Myers breathing really doing it for you? Like, is that- Hey, I don't know what people are into. I can't fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
this woman. But the miner stashes his pickaxe into the wall rather aggressively. Yeah. Right behind her. And she starts to unzip her coveralls. She awkwardly rubs around his neck and face a bit. But when she goes to remove his mining mask, <laughs> he goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> We then get a shot of her lower back for some reason, which appeared to be very dry. (laughs) She might want to take care of that. But she plays with the hose of his mask seductively as if he can feel it. And he's basically hyperventilating at this point. (laughs) Yeah, I... I, I thought that was funny. I was like, it's a hose, lady. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not, not con- Yeah, that's not connected to He's him. He's like, that's doing nothing for me, yeah. but <laughs> A for effort. But the miner puts his hand on her breast, but notices that she has a tattoo of a heart just above where he's making his move. Having a change of heart, no pun intended, <laughs> his hand begins to shake and he grabs her by the shoulders, impaling her on that pickaxe in the wall. He hates hearts. He, this, is what I, <laughs> this is what I got from this. The only thing he's... What's the opposite of a yum? (laughs) (laughs) A yuck. There you go. The thing about this is that we see the pickaxe coming through her chest, but it never breaks through completely. It looks like stretchy skin. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And then we go straight to the title. The issue here is the MPAA. Of course, yeah. In the uncut version, you see it pierce through her chest. Uh, And it looks really good. That sucks, man. I thought he was mad because of the little bitty ass tattoo. I didn't even think about the heart there. I was <laughs> like, like, get a real tattoo. Huh? Yeah, I was like, why are you so mad? I was like, a minute ago, you were just fine. Now you see this little tattoo. And I was like, no. It's like, you know how I feel about these. <laughs> Going back to the MPAA situation, it's like, even with, because they've released a version that mm-hmm. has a lot of these scenes. A lot of these scenes are available on YouTube as well. I'm not telling you to go <laughs> support piracy, but this stuff could have been revolutionary. Right. And instead, it was on the cutting room floor. That sucks. Yeah, that's a bummer. But we get a shot of her screaming mouth and then the title, My Bloody Valentine, with blood dripping off of it. I weirdly love that little title card. <laughs> no, with, it's like, great. Like the cartoon blood. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know why it was so cool. I know a lot of people would probably think it's cheesy, but there's something so just neat about it. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I was like, why do I like that so much? And it was a cool opener. We get a murder in like the first yeah. few minutes. Yeah. And like, this is what we're in for, folks. But we're then transported back into the Hanniger mine an indistinct amount of time later. They don't yeah, really I don't say. Know. Yeah. <laughs> but there's text at the lower third reading Thursday, February 12th. We see a mining cart rolling down the tracks filled with miners who get out once it comes to a stop. We get shots of TJ Hanniger, played by Paul Kelman, and Alex Palmer, played by Neil Affleck, taking off their mining helmets. Interesting note about Neil Affleck, in the mid-90s to early 2000s, Affleck would go on to work as an animator and assistant director for The Simpsons. I know, I was huh. blown away. I like just went on an IMDb like rabbit hole, Yeah, and I was like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that is just so cool. And we're talking mid-90s, so this is like golden era. Yeah. You know, before it went to shit. He worked on the movie, too. Hey, good for him. Yeah, yeah it's like crazy. But a supervisor asks the group where the trainees are, and Hollis, played by Keith Knight, jokes that they left them at the bottom and that they've got to learn sometime. <laughs> After getting the all clear, the men head for the showers because they are covered in coal dust. Yeah. Talking about black lung earlier. I, <laughs> it's a very real issue, folks. I love Hollis. I know. Me too. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's his awesome mustache or what, but... The mustache is part of it. He just seems like a very warm, like a very nice guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like him too. And he's not your typical slasher 
character. No. Or stereotype. Mm-mm. Because typically speaking, a guy like Hollis would be the comic relief. Yeah, that's true. But he's like the good yeah. hearted like every man. Yeah, I have something I want to say about his character later in the movie. Okay. But I I did enjoy what they did with him in this movie. Mm-hmm. But I'll bring it up later because it, it it caught me by surprise and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. I was like, <laughs> it's right. a change of pace. I like it. Mm-hmm. But in the showers, they tease Howard Landers, played by Alf Humphreys, who was one of the miners that they left at the bottom. They also joke about Howard's crush on a girl named Gretchen and engage in what I guess is now considered presidential talk. <laughs> now it is, yeah. Unfortunately. I was going to say, everything I've learned of men's locker room talk, I've learned from horror films, and I got to be honest, y'all are nasty. <laughs> in all honesty, this is like the tamest tame. I've ever yeah. seen. I'm like, come on, it, guys. It gets bad. It does. <laughs> uh, Axel goes a bit too far with a dick joke. Yeah. yeah. It causes Mike Stavinsky, played by Thomas Kovacs, to throw the soap at him. It misses Axel, but it hits TJ, who remarks that things have not changed a bit. <laughs> Why would you throw your soap though now? You can't you finish taking yeah. a bath. Yeah, well, like, finished. I'll just be dirty. Then. And like, you got to go pick that soap up. It's on the dirty ass floor where mm-hmm. everybody just rinsed off. It's like, can you toss me that? I yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I think that it really hits home not only A, their camaraderie, right, which is great, but also is already hinting at TJ's... He's been gone. Yeah. Yeah. His arc without it being like, you know... So what uh, do you like being back? Yeah, because yeah. you've been gone for months. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but John, played by Rob Stein, says that he bets TJ regrets coming back to town, especially now that Sarah is dating Axel. Awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. Why, why would you even say that? And I think that's where we get into a little bad exposition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, however, says he doesn't give a damn, and he grabs his towel in a huff, clearly giving all the dams. <laughs> <laughs> but TJ goes back to being happy as he calls for everyone to meet at the bar, and they all seem to be down for it. So we obviously haven't met Sarah yet, but we're clearly being presented the main dramatic conflict of the film. The love triangle. Yeah. And I th- feel like if you're going to set a horror film on Valentine's Day, you kind of have to set up something like this. Definitely. Right. You can't just let it be like scream, but with Valentine's Day as the backdrop. Yeah. yeah. It's got <laughs> to be some kind of love triangle. But we see them run into the parking lot, grab assing and horsing around while some cartoonish banjo plays. I was like, are they going to a hoedown? <laughs> I like, what, is, what is this? Like, is this Canada or West Virginia? <laughs> but they get into their cars and they race for the bar. We see a sign for Valentine Bluffs, the little town with the big heart, which I thought was great. Yes. We zoom out from the sign and we see the men's cars speeding down the road into the town. As they all somewhat erratically swerve down the street, we see that the town is decorated for the big Valentine's dance this upcoming Saturday at the Union Hall. According to Terra Trap, Mahalka said that the town was like super excited to have all of them there. And so they even helped them decorate the town. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty neat. But the gang busts into the hall, which is in the process of being decorated, with Howard blowing an air horn. And that dude is so fucking obnoxious. Yeah. He is. He's the prankster, but he's not reaching the level of annoyance like the guys from VHS or anything. Oh, no. Yeah. That's fair. So it's like, I don't hate him, but I'm like... He's annoying still, Turn though. it down a little. <laughs> yeah. But he immediately zeroes in on Gretchen, played by Gina Dick. She immediately tells him to stay away from her. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the exact opposite happens between Hollis and his girlfriend Patty, played by Cynthia Dale. Patty gets off the ladder and greets Hollis with a big hug and kiss. They're adorable. They are. And they feel, I don't know, for a slasher to have a couple that feels like an actual couple is kind of remarkable. Yeah, and they do. Like, mm-hmm. legitimately. And you're like, I, I like these people. And then it sucks. You're like, oh, wait, no, they're probably going <laughs> to... <You know? laughs> But Axel heads under a ladder, which is terrible luck, folks. Yeah. And he kisses his girlfriend, Sarah Mercer, played by Lori Hollier. John, who I did not realize was a fucking giant, lifts his girlfriend, <laughs> Sylvia, played by Helene Udy, by the fucking head <laughs> and like, kisses her. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I was like, that's one way to kiss your mate. Yeah, if You're you must. Show her who's yeah. in charge, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> who's in charge this well, is a power move well, i was like god damn dude <laughs> it's unnecessary yeah. she's into it though so she was different strokes but tj tj just stands there <laughs> he does he's got nobody axel and sarah do sense the awkwardness but they don't really do anything about it howard asks gretchen to be his date for the dance on saturday and she rejects him with the <laughs> most 80s of lines she first says dry up <laughs> <laughs> But then he keeps going at it and he says something like, you know, it'd look good on you, me. And she goes, suck it in and zip it up, will you? It's like, what? <laughs> I was is like, this? that's that's not the way to get her. No, to do. That's no. not another approach. That's yeah. not it. <laughs> Workshop a little bit. But Axel kisses Sarah on the forehead, but he hits his head on one of the rungs of the ladder, which gets a smile from TJ. He's, <laughs> he's like, like, yeah, hit it again. Like, Did yeah, I do that with my that, mind? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Axel randomly shouts, let the good times roll, which causes Howard to blow the air horn in agreement. They're having a great time. Dooley loves to party. (laughs) (laughs) But outside, we see Mayor Hanniger, played by Larry Reynolds, walking with Mabel Osborne, played by Patricia Hamilton. The mayor tells Mabel that this is the best thing that's happened to the town in years and that it's all thanks to her decorating committee. Mabel, carrying more decorations, he could have helped her. He could (laughs) have. But he just let her do it. But she remarks that since it's the first Valentine's Day dance in 20 years, it had to be something special. A little expository. Oh, it's a bit yeah. much, yeah. But thankfully, it kind of subtly hints that there's more going on underneath. So, I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah. Without her being like, you know, since the... It, yeah. Because you know, trust me, the mayor knows. <laughs> <laughs> but the mayor's mood changes. And he asked Mabel to downplay the whole first Valentine's dance in 20 years thing. That kind of made me laugh because I'm like... Everyone knows they've never been able to have a Valentine's party before. It's yeah. not about downplaying it. Yeah. We all know this is the first one. If you have posters for it, people are like, hey, we haven't <laughs> had one of those. In- Ever. Yeah. But he says to just focus on having a good time on Saturday and forget about the rest. Mabel agrees and the two walk towards the entrance of the Union Hall. Howard bursts out of the door covered in fake blood, scaring the absolute shit out of Mabel. What an asshole. <laughs> it was in good fun. I thought it was funny. Because that's an old lady. You're going to give her a fucking heart attack. What's weirder is he just collapses into the arms of the mayor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the mayor is not about that life, and he tells Howard to help Mabel pick up all the decorations he made her drop. Well, yeah. In the doorway, though, Gretchen is laughing her entire ass off at this, and so I was like, well, maybe she doesn't hate Howard as much as I thought. But the mayor heads inside, and he asks, what the hell is going on? He says that they're supposed to be decorating the hall and not each other, which, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) TJ goes to leave and the mayor asks where he's going. He gives some snide remark and then bumps into Chief Newby, played by Don Franks, on his way out. 
Axel says he doesn't think TJ likes being back in the mine or in Valentine Bluffs, and the mayor goes in. Well, it was funny because the mayor's like, now that he's back, he's my son. And it, I was like, now yeah, he's yeah. Well, he <laughs> called he called him son, but I thought he was just doing like that old man yeah. thing. Yeah. I was like, like, oh, shit. Where are you going, son? He's like, no, he is my seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as he's going in on him, he does. He's like, look, you know, TJ couldn't hack it out west, but he's back now. He's my son and he's going to be working in the mine. It is the Hanager mine. It's like, all right, damn, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my bad. And everybody's looking around like, should we be here for this? <laughs> <laughs> but Newbie reminds the mayor that he has a meeting at seven o'clock, so they quickly leave after he says goodbye to Mabel and tells her to keep up the good work. Mabel tells Howard that she might as well leave too because she has to rewash all of the decorations that fell on the ground. Howard does apologize, though, and they share a laugh. So, I mean, it was lighthearted. Well, he should have yeah. been like, I'll wash them for you, man, because I'm, well, you, the, I'm you, the reason that this happened. He's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but just as the radio broadcast kicks on, Howard remembers something was left for the mayor. So he rushes out of the door to bring it to him. It's a box of chocolates, which Howard says was already there when they got into the hall. He says the mayor might have a secret admirer. And Mabel smiles a little too much at that thought. She did. <laughs> I was like, interesting. She's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's an <laughs> asshole. Who could love you? But after both Mabel and Newbie deny having anything to do with it, the mayor says it'll be a good excuse for him to break his diet. Later in the car with Newbie, the mayor goes to open the box of chocolates. The contents are covered with paper and a small card on top. The card reads, from the heart comes a warning filled with bloody good cheer. Remember what happened as the 14th draws near. <laughs> he reads it as the 14th draws near and he pulls the <laughs> he pulls the paper back and it reveals what appears to be a human heart. But <laughs> was there no smell? I guess, uh, I, don't I don't know. They sprayed it with like the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> also when he opens it he's just like god damn it yeah. not again. like he Dude, takes he's it so well. Chill. There yeah. is <laughs> I'd be flinging that thing out the window. <laughs> he takes uh, it something. so well. I might, I might even say eek. <laughs> I don't know, but he's just like, ah, I can't. Yeah. God damn it. It can't be happening again. But Newbie takes the pipe out of his mouth, immediately flips on the siren, and they make a U-turn. A black dog starts chasing them, but yeah. then he, he <laughs> yeah. just has no follow through and gives up immediately. Like, oh, fuck it. Never mind. This is the best take. <laughs> That night at a bar called The Cage, Sarah is sitting with Axel and Hollis as the men play that knife hand stabbing game. Yes. Mm -hmm. Stab scotch, I believe. That's yes. like fun. <laughs> yeah. The weird thing. It's fun till it isn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that the goal is to obviously not stab your hand. Right. Well, I mean, that makes sense. If the goal yeah. was right. stabbing <laughs> your hand, it would be very easy to win. Yes. But they're looking at each other as they play. I thought you were supposed to look at your hand. How the fuck are you uh, not going to? No, no, you no. don't look at your hand. Yeah, you oh, well, then the game's over like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you if you don't know how to do it. I would have stabbed my hand right away. Immediately, yeah. yeah. For fun or just? Well, you know. <laughs> I don't want to play. No. <laughs> but Happy, the bartender played by Jack Van Evera, is reciting what sounds like a poem to what I believe is a grizzled old sea captain. <laughs> TJ sits there at the bar listening. Happy says, it's a bad time this time of year, which is not a great line to start a poem, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a bad time this time of year. There's bad things coming. My words you hear. Beware the 14th if you value your life. But then he gets cut off by an annoyed patron asking, how many times are we going to have to hear this story? <laughs> we get another shot of the men playing stab scotch. Axel looking, 
happier than I've ever seen a human being before. <laughs> and he was doing very well. He's he like, was. I haven't stabbed myself yet. Yeah. But TJ just watches on, obviously looking more at Sarah than anything else. A woman says that Happy should tell the story because she loves fairy tales. Happy snaps that it isn't a fairy tale. For a man named Happy. He's, like, this is irony. Sheer irony. But we see a close-up of the men's hands as the game grows quicker. Happy says that if the girl doesn't listen, she's a fool. <laughs> this dude's a character. He really is. Just as he says she's a fool, Axel stabs his finger with the knife, effectively losing the game. But he sucks the blood off his finger. I... Why do people do this in movies? I don't know, yeah, but like he know. sucked the blood off his finger instead of just going to the side of his finger where he cut himself. He put his whole finger in his yeah. mouth, which, I, which I, I thought was really odd. I don't get any of it. But everybody's like laughing their asses off and mm-hmm. he looks at TJ laughing like you mother. Yeah. Like everybody's yeah. laughing. Like it was his fault. Everyone's well, laughing. TJ's learning how powerful he is. <laughs> yeah. He's like, did I do that too? Holy shit. But he does laugh and he shows off the wound to Hollis, which just so happens to be his middle finger. So right. he, he gets a twofer. Yeah. TJ continues to laugh, clearly enjoying the moment for a different reason. Sarah looks at TJ in half admonishment, half longing, would you say? There's a lot of complicated feelings yeah. here, I think. Fair. But Happy says that he knows what he's talking about and says that the town is accursed. He says the story happened 20 years ago, and we see the story play out as he describes it. We even get those little, like, this is a flashback harp strings, I really- <laughs> which <laughs> was really funny to I me. I really liked that, though. I liked the flashback. No, I think it's great. Honestly, I feel like I am a sucker for a film that has a built-in legend. I love, like, no, yeah. this, The Fog, you know, where there's, like, a specter hanging over a town. It's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. But it was the night of the Valentine's Day dance, which had been a tradition for over 100 years. I was about to call bullshit on that, but according to History.com, modern Valentine's Day, as we've known it and celebrated it, has been around since the 1800s. Oh, shit. I was very surprised by that. I wouldn't have expected that. Like Valentine's Day. time. Yeah. yeah. Cards and everything. Like the yeah. whole thing. Cupid. You know that little fucking... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Him too. Yeah, the whole thing. But we see a woman holding up a cake at the Union Hall, which reads, Happy Valentine's Day, 1960. Happy says that everyone was there except for seven miners who were down in the Hanager mine. Two supervisors were waiting for the men to come back up, but they were too anxious to get to the party and just bailed with the other five still down there. Unfortunately, they also failed to check the methane gas levels in the tunnels before leaving. We then see a miner's lantern causing an explosion with the fire spreading through the tunnels and collapsing support beams, and it just leaves five men buried beneath the rubble. I thought that looked really cool. Oh, yeah. it did. And I was wondering, I'm like, okay, so I know that they filmed in a real mine, but was this also filmed in the mine? Because there's, huh. how the fuck are you going to do an explosion? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that I feel like that had to be a set, but I have no, I don't know. No backing yeah. Yeah. to say that at all. <laughs> but for six weeks, they dug into the collapsed mine, attempting to rescue the men. After they broke through, only one was found alive, and Happy claims to be the one who found him, which, he did. <laughs> he did. to me, that would make me feel like the story's bullshit. I'm like, why are you the hero? But we see Happy in his mining gear, breaking through, only to find Harry Warden looking up at him, screaming madly. It's very creepy. Oh, I agree. Like, it's good. Lo- I, yeah. I thought it looked really good. He's staring off into nothing, yeah. and his eyes are just vacant. It's It's fantastic. But we then get a shot of Harry just going to town on a severed arm of one of the miners. Yeah. 
<laughs> how did you survive? He asked. Yeah, you yeah. asked. Well. <laughs> no, let me show you. I did, though, of course, as I'm sure you did, an accident in a mine. Miners resorting to cannibalism. This is until dawn. It, yeah, no, they totally <laughs> they totally ripped this off. Wendigos, though, they added Wendigos. They are not to be found here. So yes, that was their own little twist. But Happy says Harry Warden spent a year in the mental hospital. But exactly one year later, he returned to Valentine Bluffs. He killed the two supervisors who left early for the party, and we see one of them being murdered in his bedroom as Harry, in full minor gear, drives a pickaxe into his chest. Harry then cuts out their hearts and puts them in heart-shaped candy boxes and leaves them at the dance hall just dripping blood. As the blood drips from the table, Happy says a note was included in the boxes, a warning from Harry to never hold a Valentine's dance again. That's just clear as day. I mean, I don't yeah, see how... don't do that. There's uh, no... I he just told you. Yeah, right. yeah, don't do it. I just have a couple things. Okay. First, this is a great backstory slash legend, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. It's, it's great. My hangup is these people have to be, what, in their 20s, right? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah, I would think so. Um, have they never heard this story? And how have they never questioned that they're not allowed to celebrate Valentine's Day? Well, I, I don't mean, understand how this is the first time they're hearing of this. I agree with that because I wrote that down too. I mm -hmm. was like, I like the backstory, all that. But I know we mentioned it uh, earlier when we were talking before, but he does refer to them as kids. And obviously they're not kids, kids, but they're, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're kids to them because they're younger. Yeah. But I didn't think about that until you said that now. Yeah. Has nobody questioned like... Well, I mean, I would think of it as if I'm, say that they're 25 years old. Okay. And this happened when they were like five. If you never really have a concept of Valentine's Day and then the whole town that you've lived in your whole life. That is makes called it, Valentine well, Bluffs. Well, yeah. hey, we live in a town that has a name and I don't know what the fuck it means. So <laughs> if, if nobody told me. I would never. I'd just be like, yeah, the Valentine Bluffs, does, that means nothing to me. Yeah, but they also have TV. Like, I don't, well, I just don't feel well, like they're completely, that, the they don't know what like Valentine's Bluffs is. Yeah. Well, that was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a little more discreet with that. So I, that's a great point. But we get a shot of Harry moving through the fog with his pickaxe. As Happy says, he returns to town every February 14th looking for someone to kill. And it could be you. <laughs> it's very dramatic <laughs> very back in present day happy warns against the holding of the valentine's dance howard rises up from under the bar and blows a raspberry at him and the entire bar just just they just love this dude's antics yeah. they bust out laughing again like we were talking about did they just discover comedy like what the <laughs> fuck never gotten a laugh this easy in my life but as they continue to laugh, Happy is like, yeah, laugh now, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, he, he is yeah, so he's pissed. To warn him. He is in every movie I've ever seen where there is a character who's got some wisdom. The Harbinger. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Of doom. And when you don't listen, guess what? Bad you shit's going to happen. Have. Yes. But they all tell Happy to calm down and say it's just a legend. They're then brought drinks by Harriet, played by Terry Waterland. They break into a song about Harriet who I guess has not lost her virginity yet. I hated this. I don't quite... Did they? Were they writing this in the mind? I <laughs> yeah, I was a little confused at this too. I didn't... They all knew like the it. words. Yeah. It's so disrespectful. And she's just like, oh, you guys. Yeah. Like, she, she does it so well. She does laugh. It's rude. I... I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after they all get a good laugh, Sarah stands up. 
Axel asks her where she's going, and she says she just wants to put on some music. Probably has nothing to do with the fact that TJ <laughs> is standing right by the right jukebox. By I felt like that was a little weird when he said that when he was like, hey, where, where are you, you going? going? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, Damn, dude. Territorial. <laughs> it's a big bar. Maybe I'm, what if I have to yeah. piss? We've been right. drinking all night. <laughs> As TJ angrily rolls billiard balls on the table, <laughs> Sarah leans over to him and asks him if he knows that it was his fault, which is not a great icebreaker. But you know what? <laughs> Let's get right to the point because and Axel's going to be over here in about 30 yeah, seconds. That's true. He's already wanting to know where I am. But TJ doesn't disagree. She asks why he can't accept things the way they are. And he says, because he doesn't like things the way they are. And then he grabs his sweater and bails. That's a good reason. It's a perfect answer. Yeah. All right. His shirt was really snug. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was the style at the That's time. That's how they yeah. wear it out west. Yeah. He couldn't hack it there, but he's yeah. like, I did learn some things. <laughs> Later at the police department, Newby calls the mental hospital to see if Harry Warden is still there. But he finds out that the administrative offices are closed until Monday. Newby says that it might just be a joke. And the mayor says if it is a joke, he wants the kids responsible strung up, starting with Howard. (laughs) No proof, nothing. But just then, the medical examiner comes in, confirming their fears. It is indeed a human heart taken from a woman of about 30. I don't understand why he had to keep fondling the heart while he was talking about it. You can tell all that from touching the heart? Yeah, it's a little weird. He's like, where'd you get this? Nice (laughs) heart. But I thought it was funny because he's like, what are you guys doing with a loose heart? I was like, is that a medical (laughs) term? I've never heard it put that way before. But the mayor just spills the beans. He asks if the examiner remembers Harry Warden, and he says, of course. And he recounts the murders from 20 years ago, telling them it looks like Harry Warden is back in town. Well, but like, and maybe this can just be chalked up to like urban legend type mm-hmm. things get misconstrued. But didn't Happy say he's at the mine every year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Go check it out then. But the thing that confused me is that you're getting this like mix because do we believe Happy? I don't know. Do we believe the miners that are like, oh, that's bullshit. It's yeah. just a legend. What really happened? Because the I, examiner's like, oh, no, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is true. I mean, it, it was just, it felt like a glaring kind of, he's been locked up for 20 years. He comes to the mine every, every yeah. year. <laughs> they, he gets furloughed. He gets a day pass. <laughs> <laughs> but we then get a shot of miners' boots slowly creeping through the night, accompanied by the sound of muffled breathing. We get a POV shot through a window at the laundromat where we see Mabel handling the decorations that Howard soiled earlier. My first thought was, if anything happens to this lady, it's Howard's fault. <laughs> well, yeah. she would not she be here. She would not be here. But a bell rings and Mabel walks over to the washing machine to retrieve more of the soiled items as the miner watches on. So this, I mean, the backstory is kind of reminiscent of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. It is. Where you have people that aren't paying attention and then people end up dead because of it. And then right. revenge. <laughs> right. And then sweet revenge. Yeah. But then you also have these Michael Myers moments of the heavy breathing. Yes. The POV shots through the window. So as much as they did say in interviews that they weren't even thinking about those slasher films when they wrote this, don't pull a Rob Zombie. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Clearly there was some influence here. But Mabel leaves the room as the miner pushes the door open. He looks over to the right where he notices a poster for the Valentine's dance, which causes his breathing to go <laughs> to grow quicker. He's like, I told these sons of bitches. I asked for one thing. One. Couldn't even do that. 
<laughs> but the miner places a heart-shaped box on the table and then hides behind the machines. Mabel returns with a cup of tea, finding the box on the table, wondering out loud who could have sent it. She asked if it could be Jake, and I had no idea who that was. But I looked it up. Yeah. On IMDb, Chief Newbie's first name is Jake. Yeah. Oh, so, all right. Never mentioned in the film. Yeah, but... I was confused too. I was like, oh. I yeah. feel like there's even more payoff to this later. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But Mabel opens the box and she finds a note that reads, roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you. <laughs> you is underlined three times, by the way. He's like, I'm talking about yeah, you. you. Yeah. Mabel. Mabel. Just then, the lights go out. The miner leaps out from the shadows with his headlamp on, so he's got the advantage. I just really like the idea of him sitting down and writing these poems <laughs> and then waiting around the corner and for her to read it uh-huh. so that his work wasn't spoiled. No, and then not. he's like, all right, now I'm going to get this like, No, I need a primer. <laughs> and it's on the nice stationery. Like, he's, he's thorough. He did it. I respect it. But Mabel screams as he advances on her. Just as she almost gets away, he grabs her by the hair, throwing her to the floor, and he brings the pickaxe down into her chest. We get an exterior shot of the laundromat, which apparently is called Madame Mabel's Laundrette, and we see the miner's headlamp turn off through the window. So maybe, I guess it's not completely Howard's fault, because if if this is her business, she might have been there anyway. Yeah. It's like, I gotta count the change, and I don't know what you do at a laundromat. (laughs) (laughs) Count change. Oh, cool. Clean the lint traps. There we go. Later that night at the junkyard... Hollis, along with Howard and Mike, are cooking food wrapped in tinfoil on the engine of a car. <laughs> Thought it was very strange, but if they can keep this down, they'll be sitting pretty. That's uh, that's funny because, uh, and it's real quick, I know it's going to do it the movie, but it made me think one time I went on a road trip with my mom, uh-huh. and she literally put our food in foil and like set it in the fucking engine and we were running and she... <laughs> You know, pulled over after a while and she was like, all right, it should be good, whatever. And the shit was fucking hot and we <laughs> ate it like that. Yeah. I was like, okay. It's like, and I it was delicious. I couldn't have been but maybe six or seven. But I remember thinking, why the fuck am I eating this shit? <laughs> but that was it. I was like, okay. You know? I, I've never seen that done other than no, The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. It, it, apparently people were doing it back in the 80s <laughs> like, and whenever yeah. you have to adjust cooking times you're like well if right. it's in an oven it's yeah. like an hour but on an engine but on an right. engine but if we're running this motherfucker oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in pov shots we see someone skulking around the junkyard they're watching the men from afar kind of going between the piles of junk mm-hmm. as the pov shot continues to move we eventually settle on axel sitting inside of a car playing a harmonica he's here for the atmosphere <laughs> a hand reaches out from the shadows to give axel a bottle of liquor it's tj i was like what a predatory way to join the group like why are you skulking in the yeah (laughs) what a creep but he asks axel to shove over so he can sit down too axel just flat gets out of the car instead and he takes a swig from the bottle he passes it back to tj as they awkwardly make small talk (laughs) before axel just goes all blues traveler on the harmonica again (laughs) (laughs) After the musical interlude, they acknowledge that there is a bit of an issue between them because of Sarah. TJ asks what they're going to do about it, but Axel's like, look, there's nothing to do about it. Sarah's with me now, and that's it. He says it's not his fault that TJ left and that he needs to just back off. Well, it's like, maybe we should be asking Sarah what she wants to do. Well, yeah. Because, (laughs) now what are we going to do about this? It's like, she's not a car. She's not a, you know... 
interest it did not come up it didn't no <laughs> odd no but tj just hops out of the car and says they both know who sarah wants and axel just walks away without saying a word he's like god damn it <laughs> he's right but hollis walks up with his engine black dinner and he sits down <laughs> next to tj his hat says kiss my ass <laughs> and it reminded me of fat stuff's hat from creep show too oh, oh yeah, yeah that's you know? right Obviously, this came first, but association with stupid hats. (laughs) So Hollis tells TJ that he can't blame Axel for what's going on. And TJ just kind of takes it on the chin, admitting that he does like Axel, but he doesn't know what to do about this situation. They reminisce a bit about old times with TJ coming to terms with the fact that things change. You know, nothing stays the same. Yeah. Axel continues to give that harmonica the runaround in the background. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, we get the text at the bottom of the screen reading Friday, February 13th. Friday the 13th, interestingly. Yeah. At the police station, Newbie finally gets a hold of Mrs. Raleigh. She's the mental hospital administrator played by Marguerite McNeil. And she tells him that they have no record of a Harry Warden past or present. She's like not here for his inquiries either. Not at all. Very annoyed. Well, in all fairness, Newbie doesn't handle it very well. He's like, I don't know how this is possible. He was committed <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> he was. And he, but was he? Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, he seemed pretty sure of it. So I believe yeah, him. True. <laughs> <laughs> and I've known him longer. So, <laughs> but this is again where I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, so is this just a story? Yeah. Because if you have no record of it at all, you know, but Newbie says that anything could have happened in 20 years. He could have been released. He could be dead. And she says that she's checked everything except the old microfilms, but that'll take several days. All so right. it's like, you didn't check everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, you can't be, you yeah. know, oh, we got that right here. Yeah, no, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> but Newbie says he needs answers and will be waiting for her to call back. The mayor is totally convinced that it is Harry Warden and wonders if they should cancel the dance. So in the next scene, Sarah is walking down the street with Patty, who tells her that she needs to figure out who she wants to be with. Sarah says that TJ owes her an apology for disappearing, but that Axel's behavior has been pretty bothersome. (laughs) (laughs) So she's torn, to say the least. She says she doesn't even want to go to the dance, but Patty convinces her to, saying that she could just chill with her and Hollis, which seems like it'd be a fun evening. It does. She also mentions that she got a new dress, Mm -hmm. you know, and how Hollis is going to love it or whatever. But then she's like, I may not make it out alive. And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) interesting interesting yeah i just i thought that was interesting no that's good and i again this could be just seen on the surface as just like a standard slasher but there's more to it here i think i think so yeah but later we see newbie pipe in mouth arrive at the laundromat he calls out to mabel but he obviously gets no response he searches the back area but still doesn't find her he sniffs the air as if something stinks (laughs) but he can't put his finger on it He then sees that a few of the Valentine's Day heart decorations have been turned upside down. So he grabs them kind of confused. He's like, Mabel knows the way a heart looks. (laughs) (laughs) He then stops one of the washers, which is in the middle of a cycle, searching through it and smelling it to see if that's where the funk is coming from. Suddenly, out of the dryer pops a very dead, very burned Mabel. I know this isn't funny, but like he's looking over here and then he goes back over there. Then he looks over here. Then he goes back over there and he's sniffing around like, what does that smell? <laughs> and it's like Mabel was like, God, damn, I'm right here. Yeah, he's like, it's me. All right. <laughs> Shit. She Dried her ass of- out. Yeah. <laughs> she got sick of it and popped out. She's like, I'm fu- I'm here. Yeah, but at least he went through a few of them instead of going right to the one That's and being true. like, oh, she's That's right yeah, there. That been you know what I mean? Lame. But again, MPAA cut this scene down. 
there's a moment because you see this scene cuts so fast. Oh, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. It's like, she, oh, shit. Yeah, and then pops it's out, done. done. And then you're outside. But they show her after she pops out tumbling around the dryer a little bit. Oh, oh. man. And it's pretty tough. And you get more reactions from newbie instead of just, <gasps> and yeah. then it's done. <laughs> but back at the mine, Axel orders the men around like he's got to stick up his ass about something. John's like, what's his problem? And TJ, within earshot, says it's because of Sarah. And he's like, but if he keeps it up, I'm going to nail him. And Axel's like, hey. <laughs> he's right there, he's dude. He's right there. But Axel orders TJ to get moving. And TJ slams his pickaxe into the ground. And Axel pours out his coffee. He says, anytime, loser. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great way to start a fight. Well, it's like now is not the place or no, the time for any of this. Not at all. And they do start to scuffle. The fight is broken up by a supervisor who reprimands the both of them. Well, I don't think fighting down there would be a good idea no, for at anybody. all. No. Yeah. For me, this is where we kind of start a bit of the red herring portion. Yeah. Because not only is TJ back just in a, inexplicably out mm-hmm. of nowhere yeah. in town, but he did slam that pickaxe into the ground, much like the miner slammed it into the wall at the beginning. I also feel like we get these POV shots from the miner, and mm-hmm. that's how we were introduced to TJ coming to that junkyard or whatever. Uh-huh. So I definitely feel like it's they're like, eh? They want you to think. Yeah. yeah. Back at the laundromat, the paramedics are taking Mabel's body away, and the mayor is just remarking about how bad the room stinks. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's just like it was 20 years ago and tells Newbie to get outside help from Granville, but Newbie thinks that that would just cause a panic. First of all, I was like, at this point, this is just like it was 20 years ago should be the tagline for this film. But (laughs) I'm like, two people are dead. Mm -hmm. Cause a panic. Anything to get people to stay their asses home. True. Cause a fucking panic. Please panic me so I don't get murdered. Who's the second person? The mine woman at yeah, the beginning they've already received a human heart remember oh, he was playing that's with right. it yeah. i thought that might have been left over from 20 years yeah. ago <laughs> still got no. these hearts lying around <laughs> yeah two people are dead at this point How you don't know a heart who, keep you, <laughs> you don't know who one of them is but one of them's this nice old lady that we met and he's clearly true. worried like yeah, yeah. freaking Tell out everyone yeah, sound something. the alarms yeah. well that's not on his to-do list <laughs> <laughs> it bothers me He actually tells the paramedics to go out back so nobody sees. And then he's like, look, the story is Mabel died of a heart attack. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. Not at all. (laughs) He's like, no, not through the kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because she's all in the thing like Martin Prince. But (laughs) before they go, Newbie finds a Valentine's heart sticking out of Mabel's chest where her actual heart should be. He snags it and tells them to take her away. The card reads, it happened once, it happened twice, cancel the dance, or it'll happen thrice. This motherfucker's spitting. Yeah, isn't this supposed to be crazy or something? He is. He's writing poems and shit. Except the soul of a poet. I I think the funniest thing to me is, did he write that card before he killed Mabel knowing he would be successful, or did he make sure he killed Mabel and then wrote that card at the laundromat? Like, it's just very, very funny to me. But after they read that, the mayor's like, okay, no, the dance is off. (laughs) And he says that they need to take all the decorations down and even lock up the Union Hall. Newbie wastes no time and does just that in the next scene to the dismay of an assortment of young people, including Patty and Gretchen. 
Okay, again, you said young people. These uh-huh. people were gung-ho about having this party. Yes. You can close down the union hall if you don't tell them that if you have this party, you might be murdered. Uh-huh. They're going to go party somewhere yeah. else. So he says, you know, no dance, no parties either. But if Mabel died of a heart attack, like they say, That's what it genuinely makes no sense to cancel the dance in Mabel's honor when she spent her last day as preparing well, yeah. for this dance. No, yeah. Didn't somebody say she would have wanted us to Exactly. Yeah. He's like, shit. <laughs> she uh, hated dancing. Yeah. She hated it all was of a you. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the mine, TJ is clocking out when Axel meets up with him, saying they've got something to settle. TJ rushes to his car and breaks out of there before he <laughs> before he can get his ass beat. In the next scene, we see TJ forcing Sarah into his car outside the grocery store. He, he kidnaps her. Yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> literally. She literally says, I don't want to go with you. And, and he's happy as hell. Yeah, and he puts his hand on her head and pushes her into <laughs> yeah, the car. God damn, dude. It's, I mean, come on. Again, this is not the way to, no. to win a woman over. But when he gets in the driver's seat, Sarah smiles and they just speed off. That's a horrible <laughs> message to send. <laughs> But we see the car parked overlooking a lake as TJ and Sarah get out and walk together. The music is so dramatic. Here. It's like <laughs> super romantic and like ridiculous. But TJ starts to rub Sarah's shoulders, asking her if she remembers this spot. She says, of course I do. But she asks why TJ didn't write or call when he was out west. He said he couldn't call because he was too busy fucking up out there. <laughs> he didn't say that, but <laughs> I mean, well, it's basically what happened. Basically it. <laughs> But he asks her to give him a chance, and he says that he loves her. She begins to cry, but he apologizes in full Canadian. I'm so damn sorry. So damn sorry. And they kiss. So, I mean, again, it's not the standard situation in a slasher movie. Typically, people are just trying to get laid or whatever. Yeah. This this is like a love story. True love. Yeah. They're crying. He's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) real. So damn sorry. I was like, Axel is not going to like this. Oh, no. Another funny thing, according to Terror Trap, this scenic view is almost like stereotypically romantic, but it wasn't the original idea. They wanted to have this dreary atmosphere for the entire film, and apparently Nova Scotia is known for fog, but not during the months that they filmed this movie. Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So it all just worked out to their disadvantage. So so we got no fog. We got a clean mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Damn, dude. Is it too late to back out? (laughs) Back at the bar, Axel bumps into TJ asking if he's seen Sarah and TJ's like, it wasn't my turn to watch her. Which is like, come on. <laughs> the drama of it all. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So funny. Somewhere in the night, Sarah is walking alone, wondering to herself how she's going to tell Axel what happened with TJ earlier. Well, it's like creepy as hell out there. And she's yeah. all, but I'm like, you got two boyfriends. One of them can't walk into the damn thing. <laughs> how did she get out here? I don't like, know. It's like creepy out she there. She was just with TJ at the lake. I'm just, I don't know. But through these tense shots, we get the illusion that Sarah is being followed. Just as she turns around, a circular light like a miner's helmet beams at her, but it's just newbie's flashlight. He didn't have to blind her. He did not have to. I did like this fake out, though. Yeah. I, yeah, I did, too. Because I'm like, it's the same shape. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But he apologizes for scaring her. But he says that he's just making his nightly patrol. On foot? I guess. Right. I mean, like, Where's your cruiser? Your yeah. I'm going Where's up and down every at? street. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like he's the only police force. Yeah. At the it, moment, it he's does. the only cop we've met. But rather than escorting her, you know, considering... <laughs> He thinks Harry Warden's out here murking people, doing 
doing exactly what she's doing. Yeah. He just lets her go. Well, all right. Have a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no parties, safe. remember? Yeah. <laughs> in the bar, the main crew decides to throw a Valentine's party instead of a dance. Since everywhere will be locked up, TJ suggests throwing the party in the mine, which gets everyone excited. Howard and another Joker that I can't, I think it's Mike. I was like, I've never seen this guy before, but <laughs> I was like, I guess I did. They start cracking up and cracking Harry Warden jokes and Hollis plainly tells them, no, <laughs> there's no laughter. He goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Happy chimes in over the bar saying, beware what you make fun of, you little asshole. I'm like, why is everybody... <laughs> Always listen to the Harbinger. Exactly. Yeah. Always. He would, he's not trying to play around. Not he's at like, all. I'm fucking warning you. He is. <laughs> and he brings it again. He's like, look, you'll be sorry if you throw a party. And TJ's basically like, screw that old legend. Yeah. Piss yeah. on Harry Warden, he says. And then he's like, we're having a party. But if you tell anyone, he says that <laughs> too happy. Fuck you he's up. like, Stedman Graham, if you fuck this up <laughs> yeah. for us. Well, it was my understanding the way they said it was that they were going to go party down in the mine. Yeah. And he's like, we we have a pool table. I was like, why the fuck do you have a pool table in the mine? You know, that's what I thought, too. I didn't realize that the mine is the entire the area. area. Yeah. yeah. There's buildings and stuff. I'm like, I was like, that doesn't sound safe to me. Y'all oh, should not no, no, be no. playing pool down there. We'll inhale fumes. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get black lung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Night will never forget. But it's settled. Party at the mine. The camera zooms in on Happy, who calls them assholes. Well, they're acting like assholes. Yeah, they are. But that night, we see Happy breaking into an office at the mine. Newbie drives by, checking the gate, which is locked. And after he drives away, we see Happy setting up a prank with a miner outfit and a pickaxe. He is, like, so pleased with himself. Oh, he is. (laughs) He's hoping it'll scare the shit out of the partygoers. What it is, is it's basically a fake miner is holding the pickaxe and the axe will swing up at whoever opens the door. Right. And he tests it a few times. And, and like you said, laughing his entire ass. No, yeah. he's very happy. He turns to leave, but he decides to indulge himself in that joke one more time. But when he goes to open the door, he's met by the real miner who swings the pickaxe right into his throat and drags his body away. But how did he pull the old switcheroo? How did he do that? It, it's I, not. The prank just worked really good. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I'm like, this man has been trying to fulfill your wishes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why are you, why are you killing the only him? One. The only one. And see, this is the other thing is that before we show Happy at the mine setting up this prank, mm-hmm. I was like, it's another red herring. I think Happy's the one doing this. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? And then literally the next scene, he's like, I'll get these fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's dead. But again, another kill cut by the MPAA. According to Terra Trap. Tom Berman, the special effects makeup designer, rigged up this device, and this is probably what made Homeboy throw up. (laughs) The device would have the pickaxe enter the chin and pop out Happy's eyeball in one fluid motion. And you can find this on YouTube. I would like to see that. Oh, yeah. It looks so good. I'm going to go watch that. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Sidebar, Berman also did makeup work on Body Snatchers. He huh. created Sloth from the Goonies. Oh, all right. Wow. And he worked on Nip Tuck. Hey, <laughs> that shit looked good on Nip Tuck. Yeah. It did. Say what you will about. And, I mean, the story goes way downhill. Oh, man. But th- <laughs> that was always something that you couldn't say anything about. Not at all. The surgeries and all that. Oh, that looked no, yeah. real good. Yeah, Berman's the man, and I love the carver. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next scene, the day is finally upon us. Saturday, February 14th valentine's day 
we see Newbie pick up a fallen decoration, crumple it up, and share a knowing look with the mayor. It's kind of an odd shot because in the span of a few seconds, it's already nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? They're like, fuck, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, well, I guess. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on this triangle. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> but we see a massive group of people, including our main cast, arrive at the mine. They get into one of the buildings there, switch on the lights, turn on the music, and start passing out the food and drinks. Back at the police station, Newbie checks in with one of his officers who tells him it's been quiet all evening, but that someone left him a heart-shaped box. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Fearfully, Newbie sits at his desk and he tells the officer to go get him a cup of coffee. And once he's alone, he cautiously starts to open it. When he does, he finds that it's filled with chocolates. <gasps> I love the gas. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> But the worst part is that it also has a note in it from Mabel that says, Be my Valentine. Newbie somberly says her name and the scene ends. That's like really fucking sad. Because when she got her Valentine, she thought it was from him. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this little, I just feel like it added so much. And if you're not paying attention, you could just be like, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. Like, it's like really fucking sad. So because I was like at first, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, he's probably just sad that she died. Yeah. But seeing it now, I'm like, man, they're probably both in their like 50s or 60s. Yeah. Who knows how long they could maybe have been harboring feelings for each other. And it's like they're finally finally taking that. It's it's sad. You know, and he's like, damn, sitting there imagining them spending their life never mind yeah. <laughs> it's getting <laughs> do you need a tissue? little too wistful yeah. no. <laughs> but back at the mine the party is bumping tj arrives followed immediately by sarah and axel so it's valentine's day right not halloween oh uh, yeah why is tj dressed like fred from scooby <laughs> dude i don't know hey, that <laughs> scarf was fucking it's an ascot he's like you know what's gonna Whatever. win sarah's heart this ascot <laughs> let me unbutton a couple buttons <laughs> he did put on my ascot <laughs> did he have the same shirt he's been wearing the whole movie though <laughs> well the budget was really tiny for the film they probably like, wore their own the clothes buttons. just take the buttons off you know what's crazy that's the other point i wanted to make about that is mahalka said that nearly half the budget was spent on all these inventive kills and then they don't oh, end up in the film man, oh that's that bullshit. sucks so it's just oh, i feel so bad for them but despite tj scolding them for breaking the lock and parking incorrectly he's like the fucking hall monitor <laughs> <laughs> the party is going off without a hitch we see John and Sylvia leaving with the other party goers saying, Sylvia's going to get it. It's like, uh, doesn't that take what the... Can you be cool? Yeah. <laughs> John's like, you're killing the mood. But two party goers who we really haven't seen anything from, Dave, played by Carl Marat, and Tommy, played by Jim Murchison, chat a bit and watch a woman seemingly eat a hot dog in one bite. <laughs> I mean... suggestive i'd say she did though they were just like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) but dave goes off in the kitchen on his own he sees hot dogs boiling on the stove in a pot of water and goes to grab one but the miner goes all limp biscuit on his ass dunking his face in that hot dog flavored water now i apologize for making that reference but (laughs) yet again this scene is ruined by the mpaa I just want to say before you elaborate. Okay. Being drowned in hot dog water mm-hmm. may be the cruelest way to die. 
Yeah, that sucks. It's not even a good broth. Uh, no, he, it's fucking disgusting. But he didn't even seem like he put up much of a fight. Well, he's he, like, well, dude, it's so funny because he's like, he, is this hot dog, Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> he gets grabbed in the back of the head and he goes, "Who's that?" Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just dead. But the thing that happened, um, according to an interview that Mahalka did with Without Your Head podcast, there is one shot from underneath the pot where you can see Dave's face turning red and then gradually his skin starts peeling off. That's huh. awesome. <laughs> it's just like... I don't understand why like, they... Leave it. They did, yeah. yeah, you didn't have to cut that much. So no. John Lennon was not drowned in a pot hot of dog? hot dog yeah. water. <laughs> I may have to consult some research, but I don't think so. I don't know that if that's true, but... Yeah, they're like, ooh, no, that's exactly how. <laughs> but it's crazy because... Again, I think here's the thing that pisses me off the most about this is that they are released in like this very small window because literally just a few months later, Friday the 13th part two is released and it's fucking gory as shit. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you're like, that's not fair. Do you just so, hate but, Canadians? So they, like, had to, <laughs> they had to hit this window to get this big release. Yes. But if they hadn't, then they, maybe they would have gotten that's that. Fucking doesn't it sucks. suck? Yeah. I'd be just so upset about. Oh, this. yeah. Another thing, because again, this is one that you can see on YouTube, is the death is very reminiscent of one of the most memorable kills in Halloween 2, which came out later this year. Oh, man. You're, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was like, hmm, interesting. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but back at the police station, Newbie says that he has a bad feeling about the mine and plans to go check it out. His exit is interrupted, though, by a bunch of barking dogs outside. When he heads out there, he sees them licking the blood that's dripping from yet another heart-shaped box. After he shoos the dogs away, Newbie picks up the card from the box. Those dogs were pissed. To be <laughs> yeah. they were. That was our dinner. I'm, I'm a little like, I was like, those dogs were not trained. Oh, no. I, I feel like, like that dog was scary. Yeah, that dog was fixing to bite the shit out of him for real. <laughs> I, I thought the same thing. I honestly, I don't know dogs. I did not grow up with no. dogs. So anytime I see an angry dog... No, trained that, or not that dog looked pissed yeah no and i've had dogs before and i was like that dog looks mad <laughs> i read that part of that was cut because i guess the dog had some blood in his mouth and oh they my said no god i'm like this is called my bloody valentine they're like no seriously what the fuck happened the other thing to consider is it was also released by paramount who released Friday the 13th, who got a lot of backlash for the gore in Friday the 13th. So it could be safe to assume that they were Trying more willing. Trying to play it safe. Exactly. They're like, look, we got fucking wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> so please no. But the note inside the box reads, you didn't stop the party. No rhyme. <laughs> he was too pissed. Yeah. He, was, it, I, he should have been like, you didn't stop the party. And now you're going to be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy this person's hearty. <laughs> but of course, he picks up the box. His hands are covered in blood. Yeah. We know what's in there. Yeah. But at the party, Sarah gets annoyed with Axel, which somehow inspires another bout of bickering between Axel and TJ, which ends in TJ telling Sarah to tell Axel what happened between them. I swear this isn't a soap opera, but... It's starting to sound like it. Yeah. What's funny, though, is when the drama starts to escalate between them, the music at the party stops. Thank you. I even wrote that down. I said, Someone's damn, like, yeah. I put, damn, no. actually, even the music stopped. Like, what the fuck? Like, I want to hear this. At this point, Sarah's had enough, and she tells them both to back off. After she walks away, 
Axel and TJ just get into a fist fight. <laughs> TJ's like, I'm going to kick your ascot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a combination of proud and <laughs> ashamed. I don't. But Hollis breaks up the fight, thankfully. Well, yeah, because TJ was getting his ass kicked. He was. Yeah. I'm like, they didn't teach you how to fight out west, did they? <laughs> he was taking it easy back there. <laughs> But oddly, Axel asks if TJ's out of shape. No. no. What is no, that? No, or no. Was, who was that too? Please That's explain. That's one of the best <laughs> fucking lines in this movie. Okay. I would be so pissed off if I got my ass kicked into somebody who said, you're out of shape, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, are you serious? It's like, you're not your fighting yeah. weight. Yeah. Like, I honestly, what? I had to pause the movie because I could not stop laughing that he said that to him. <laughs> and then he grabs a beer and like spins his way out the yeah. door. Yeah. Dramatically just opens yeah. it. <laughs> It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It was amazing. <laughs> but TJ apologizes to Sarah, who asks him to stop, saying she doesn't care anymore, and asks him to leave her alone. She's kind of speaking for the audience at this point. Yeah. It's like, Enough. you guys need to chill. <laughs> Can one of you die now? <laughs> <laughs> but Howard kills the awkwardness by snorting beer up his nose. And everyone loves like, it. Yeah. yeah. The bar is so low. It really is. It's like Bobby Hill. He shoves a French fry up his nose, <laughs> yeah. makes a new friend. But outside, Axel bangs his head against the wall because that's productive. He is sobbing. Dude, he's... <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> he's fucking hurting, man. But he won the fight. I don't understand. Yeah. But he lost the girl. Yeah. Oh, well. He's hurt. He is. <laughs> so somewhere adjacent to the showers... John and Sylvia are making it sweet. Apparently, there's a pulley system overhead with everyone's mining gear, and he shows her how to use it for some reason. She was really interested in it. She was. She's like, tell me, what do you do? How does it, you know? But she's like, you know what we need? And he's like, I got it right here. And he pulls out a condom. No, the camera zooms in it on does. the condom. Hey, at least he had a condom, though, and he was True. practicing safe sex. I mean, I I, you gotta it. appreciate that yeah. in Slasher. Mm-hmm. But it was, no. they're like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they had to sell the joke. It they're like, the it's Zoom. a condom, guys. But she's like, no, beers. We need beers. And so he leaves to go grab a couple. I would not want to stay there by myself. Yeah. No, not that at all. That was really weird. Yeah. You just hang she's out. She's like, I'll get him. And he's like, no, I'll, I'll get, get him. him. Even if I didn't believe happy, I'd be like, mm, it's no, a little weird. Yeah, here. This little no. musty ass area. I'm mm-hmm. not. No, None I'm of good. That. In the kitchen, Gretchen and a nameless partygoer are making more hot dogs, with Gretchen remarking that she actually likes Tommy and not Howard. Again, the drama is just... (laughs) (laughs) But John walks in to grab the beers just as Gretchen pulls what is clearly a boiled heart out of the pot. She gasps and asks what it is. John turns around from the fridge, saying it's probably a prank. He's distracted while grabbing a six-pack, so he doesn't notice that Dave's dead body is inside the refrigerator, and neither do the girls. He's looking up like, somebody please see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a proper burial, please. And his face does look good. No, it does yeah. look good. And that's another thing is like, look, you see the results, yeah, but, but we yeah. can't yeah. see it happen. It's just it's so arbitrary. Yeah. But back with Sylvia... She's lying on her back looking up at all the mining gear when suddenly she hears some creaking noises. The camera swirls around her until we hear the sound of rushing water and see that someone has turned the showers on in the room right next to her. I did like the sweeping camera around her because there really hasn't been that much interesting camera work in this movie. No, But that was pretty good. We get these shots of every single shower in the room being turned on. 
She stands up, thinking John might be the culprit, but out of nowhere, the mining gear from up above comes falling down all around her. She screams, trying to find her way out, when Happy's body drops down among the gear. But, like, she does know she can push past fabric, right? Because every time she came to one of the uniforms, she's like, oh, like, well, she, like I'm stuck. Yeah, it, but in all fairness, that, was, that would be creepy as fuck. Oh, yeah. Be, I'd be like, holy shit, what's but happening? I'd, I'd haul ass. Well, yeah, I mean, but... And I do want to know how this is happening because somebody's in the shower room turning on all the showers. Right. And as we learned from John, you have, you to, have hook to pull it one yeah. at a time, but he's hooking like huh. five, six, yeah. seven, eight, <laughs> perfectly following her too. But it's a great visual. I guess we just have to forgive them for not making sense. But she turns around and comes face to face with the miner who breathes heavily, blood on his mask and his headlamp beaming into her face. He grabs her by the face and carries her into the shower. He grabs her by the head. Exactly. Like she was grabbed at the beginning, which I thought I was like, oh, shit. See, so when I saw that again, I'm like, okay, so this is a red herring. Maybe it's John. Yeah. But it's like, well, we did just see him in the kitchen. Yeah. How quick can you get into that mining uniform? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but this is undone immediately when John returns with the beer. He calls out to Sylvia, but sees the showers running, thinking he's about to get down with the get down. He's like, oh, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's so happy. <laughs> he even unbuttons his shirt a little bit. Poor guy, <laughs> man. It was about to be the best evening of his it life. <laughs> <laughs> but he makes his way through the steam to discover Sylvia's head has been impaled on one of the shower heads. So again, this was censored all to hell. I know this is cut up, but like. I thought that was excellent staging. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when I had mentioned the creative deaths in this, like that is creative as fuck. Mm -hmm. That I. No, I agree. They're all pretty inventive. They are. It's not just. Yeah. But and this is what bothered me the most is because the actual still for this film on Amazon Prime is the miner impaling her head on the shower which is a shot we never see in this version oh, of the film. Oh, man. That sucks. And according to Terra Trap, they have, and again, look on YouTube, uh-huh. you see in one shot right. him impaling her head on the shower. I really like that. It's, like, it's, I yeah. thought that was fucking cool. It's Even fantastic. Even it being chopped up, like you said, uh-huh. that just in the movie itself, mm-hmm. I was like, that's it's cool. fucking amazing. I just wish we would have been able to see the real yeah, all yeah, of no, it. Yeah, yeah. The thing about the shot is that once John sees her, it pans up and you see the water coming out of her mouth. That's cool. Like, yeah. It's it's a great shot and it's tinged with blood. It's just great. And it got cut. Yeah, yeah. of course. The other thing, though, is apparently it was freezing cold whenever they were filming this and the water was freezing cold. The steam is fog from a machine that they belted in with fans. Oh, man. And so John is freezing his ass off oh, for that real. That's crazy. But it plays so well no, it yeah. looks, on it, screen. You guess. I'm like, man, it's toasty in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next scene, Newbie arrives at the mine, but he gets a call on his radio that says he's received an urgent call from Miss Raleigh in Eastfield. So once he gets that call, he busts a U-turn and heads back to the station. Inside the party... Patty convinces Hollis to take everyone down into the mine, thinking it'll cheer Sarah up. But at first he's like, no, no, we shouldn't go down there. So I'm like, wouldn't you listen to the guys that actually work in the mine that are like, no, we shouldn't be doing this? 
Well, it depends on what kind of character Hollis is. If he's like the kind of guy that would, you know, be like, hey, regulations or whatever. Or is it, will we die if we go down? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why, which is it? Why are you saying no? Yeah. So at this part, this is this is where I, I want to mention Hollis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't want to say it earlier because I, you know, it took me until this part to be like, okay, I, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, well, no, I mean like his character. Oh, okay, I thought you meant the movie as <laughs> no, a whole. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I like that he's a heavy guy uh-huh. and he's not some beefcake. Yes. that Because he does play a kind of a leader role, I guess you can say. He does, for sure. yeah. Like he's there to make sure things don't get too crazy, but he also has a level head. Mm-hmm. But he does like to have fun with them and he's whatever. Yeah. But I enjoyed that he's a normal ass guy. Yes. You know what I mean? You could even say he's hefty, but he's <laughs> but normal. He's, and he's, he's a not, normal. That's yeah. not a joke. But no. it's not, yeah. yeah. And it's not like they're making fun of him about it. They're not. Uh-huh. His weight doesn't come up as it. He's just a dude that's there to take care of his friends you know, have a good time and make sure that everything's fine. Yeah. And he's not like you would see like a, a buff dude or a mm-hmm. ripped guy, you know, or like some handsome dude's like, well, I'm going to take charge or I'm going to what? And it's like, no, I don't want to see that shit. Right. I can relate to this dude. And that might be why I like him so much. Yeah. Because he just seems like a relatable guy. When they were walking over like in the group that was my thought was Hollis is the only one I really like I really <laughs> well, care about yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I enjoyed that yeah I was like yeah. you know what I was like the more I'm watching this I was like I like his character because he's not the stereotypical exactly you know what I mean I'll be back or whatever you know what I mean which is not yeah. horror but you no, know what but I mean? still but yeah it, they use just a average guy no Mm -hmm. i agree and it works and it works good and the actor's great as well oh no yeah and i think the thing it's funny because i saw a tweet maybe a month or two ago and they were asking about marginalization in film and they're like have you ever seen a film where a heavy person is properly portrayed right and i didn't this slipped my mind completely because he is on the heavier side but he is not because they in so many stereotypical tropes, and almost all of them, he would be like the dimwit or something. Yeah. Right, but he's collected. He's calm. Mm-hmm. He's he is a pretty girlfriend in charge. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, no, everything. Yeah. It's he, yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's uh, true. I was like, you know what I mean. I was like, you didn't. It would have been easy to make him the guy who's sniffing the soda. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Seriously, yeah. I, it, no, that's in, true. Yeah. In a l- lesser film that's more poorly written, he would be Howard. Yeah, he would be, and that's what I like. I said that's what at this point I was like, you know what? That's fucking great. Yeah, because he's not the silly clown, or he's no. not the I oh, feel- he's not gonna run away if Harry comes <laughs> after us. Cause exactly, you can't, he, you know, he'll catch you. Yeah, it's no, it's when this motherfucker uh-huh. says something. You listen, listen, yeah. Yeah. or let's ask Hollis how he thinks about mm-hmm. this or whatever. And it it made me enjoy it a lot more. He's almost like the group's dad, right? Yeah. I I really appreciate you bringing that up because you do. You think about characters like Fat Stuff or character. And I don't know why they always call Vern and Stand By Me the fat kid because he wasn't. But he was he was the butt of the joke in that movie because he's the quote unquote fat kid like you. But he wasn't. He wasn't (laughs) at all. But that's that's how you typically see it portrayed. So I, I completely agree. I feel like that's a really good point. And in 1981. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good job, guys. (laughs) <laughs> hats off yes 
But it's not very difficult to convince Hollis no. to go into the mine. <laughs> like, all right. So we've got Hollis, Patty, Howard, Sarah, Harriet, and Mike heading into the mine against TJ's protests. Apparently, there's a no women in the mine rule. Yeah, I yeah. didn't understand that. I don't, Which to I me, know. I was like, oh, that's the problem with what's <laughs> yeah. about to happen? <laughs> not Harry fucking Warden? Okay, cool. And I looked it up historically, and women have been allowed in mines since yeah. like <laughs> forever. So I don't know not, what the fuck. Not on TJ's watch. No. <laughs> Not at the Hanniger mine, but the group hops into mining carts and Hollis grabs blankets and flashlights for the trip. He switches on the carts and they all head down into the mine. We get a shot of the cart heading down the track like a roller coaster, then POV shots heading into the mine. I'm not going to lie. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It looked like fun. Yeah. I thought this would be like the coolest shit ever. Yeah. Please, Hollis, <laughs> take us into the mine. <laughs> but the cart eventually stops at the bottom and everyone gets out. The girls ask Hollis, now wearing a mining helmet, where the path in front of them leads. He tells them it's an abandoned portion so that they don't use it anymore. Yeah. But they ask for a tour anyway. (laughs) He reluctantly agrees. Howard lags behind the group because he hears a noise, but after assuming it's just rats, he rejoins them and continues deeper. Mike and Harriet decide to go off on their own, obviously to make it sweet. Why is everyone so horny for mines? (laughs) I don't know. I'm really confused. I guarantee Freud has an idea about... (laughs) But they tell Hollis and the rest that they'll just meet them elsewhere in about 10 minutes, which makes me laugh because Mike's like, that's all the time I need. Trust me. And that includes finding a location. But back at the proper party, Gretchen bursts out of the kitchen after having found Dave's body. Axel runs into the kitchen to check just as John comes in through the front door, falling to the floor and stuttering, she's dead. Nothing speeds up the plot faster than every dead body being found at the (laughs) same time. (laughs) It's like, God damn. I've also found a corpse. (laughs) But Axel comes back out of the kitchen and very plainly says, Dave is dead. (laughs) Which causes a random party goer to cry out hysterically. Well, I probably would yeah. too. <laughs> but it's like, I didn't see her talking to Dave. I didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> but Tommy runs in and tacks on, and Sylvia, somebody killed her. <laughs> Axel says what everyone's thinking. Oh though. my God. One of the greatest lines in the whole, whole, the whole film. <laughs> it's Harry Warden. He's here. Everyone get the fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let us get the fuck out. I oh laughed my God. so hard. It's like, <laughs> but it it seems like something, you know what I mean? Somebody we would, would scream really for that. sure. Yeah. But I mean, way to keep everyone calm. Well, no, yeah. Like, but. holy shit. <laughs> but TJ runs straight for the payphone to call the police, but the line has been cut. He tasks Tommy to make sure everyone gets out and to alert newbie and tell him to get here fast. TJ grabs Axel and tells him that everyone else, including Sarah, is in the mine. They finally decide to work together to get them out. Which was a nice moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, because holy shit, this whole film. It's old. (laughs) Yeah, it's been the sharks and the jets this whole damn. (laughs) But TJ and Axel suit up and head into the mine as the rest of the partygoers get the fuck out of Dodge. They took his advice. Yeah. (laughs) The two guys make a plan to search separate areas and meet up afterward hoping they'll get to them before Harry Warden does, and then they take the elevator down. We get a POV shot of the elevator's descent, which really sells the tension for me. It does. Yeah. That that shot was so cool. And as it was, this is an abandoned mine legitimately at this time. Yeah. But that elevator was real. It's operational, you know? 
apparently, according to Mahalka, they were thinking about turning this into a mining museum. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. And then they filmed this movie while those discussions were going on. That's so, cool. The other bad thing about this, though, is that this elevator, according to that interview in Terror Trap, took 15 minutes to get down, 15 minutes to get back up. And so using all of this stuff down there in the mine, getting all the crew, getting oh, all the cast, and also the makeup for the death scenes yeah. in the mine as well, Jeez. You're, you're turning an eight-hour day into a four-hour day. Oh, my God. And so it, what they're able to do is pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize how quickly they shot it, too, until you said that. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that was even, fast. Yeah, yeah, it's even more impressive. He said they were working 24-hour days some days. I'm sure ah, they were. Damn. And I believe it. But in the mine, Hollis scares Patty and Sarah, but then continues their tour, taking them to the oldest part of the mine. Backing into the area, Hollis says these tunnels were built in the 1800s and that no one has worked down here since Harry Warden. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Just then, Howard jump scares the group upside down like when Spider-Man was Mac and MJ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how the hell did he get yeah. up there? I don't even know. But the group is annoyed. They laugh it off, though. Everybody's really like They're yeah. going yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just Howard. But Hollis even helps him down. He rejoins the group on the condition that he fucking behaves himself. <laughs> <laughs> we get a POV shot along with heavy breathing watching the group continue into the tunnel. In a secluded area of the mine, Mike and Harriet are making out, about to make that song from earlier obsolete. (laughs) (laughs) Back with the group, Patty asks why the walls are so white, and Hollis explains that they're covered in lime powder, which is supposed to contain explosions and protect the wood from getting dry or cracking. Right. And like you said, part of the appearance of the mine is them having it cleaned and then having to yeah yeah so i was wondering if that line was a throwaway like oh that's why the it's white because yeah. we had to fuck it up <laughs> again but patty asks why mike and harriet haven't come back yet but then the group hears glass shattering we see the miner just smashing all the lights in the tunnel behind them <laughs> and not knowing what's making the sound hollis says that they should find mike and harriet and get out of the mine yes at least he's making sense yeah yeah In town, we see Newbie getting into his car, but getting out when a car carrying Tommy, John, and Gretchen drives erratically down the road. They pull up right next to Newbie, and after he stops reaming them for going all Tokyo Drift, (laughs) Tommy explains that he needs to go to the mine because Harry Warden is killing everyone. He tells them to go home and stay put, then he gets into his car, speeding toward the mine with his sirens blaring. That's what y'all get for not telling anybody. Yeah. I'm sorry, this was your fault. The other thing, though, is it that made me laugh is like he was just at the mine, but he gets a call elsewhere yeah. and he has to yeah, leave. He's got to leave. <laughs> I'd be like, put tell my deputy to fucking hold the speaker up to the phone. Like, yeah. and we'll handle it that way. I'm at the mine. He's like, I got to drive back out there. God yeah, damn. Shit. Well, I'm glad that at least they survived. Yes. Because yeah. in any other movie, he would have hit the car. He wouldn't have let him out. With a yeah. pickaxe. It would have exploded. <laughs> and then he would have walked away no, yeah. to totally kill everybody right. else. And we wouldn't have been supposed to question how he's down in the mine, but also fucking up this car. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's very, very true. But Newbie calls on the radio to alert the mayor and round up every available man to meet him at the Hanniger mine. Again, smart move. Yeah, for sure. Back inside the mine, the group calls for Mike and Harriet. As they continue down the tunnel, they bump into TJ, who tells them about the murders and Harry Warden. 
Is TJ doing like a little finger impression here? <laughs> Before I thought he was Canadian. Uh-huh. And then I looked it up and I guess he's British, but he sounds full blown Irish yeah, right he's here. Just letting like, it, yeah. What is yeah, happening? It sounded know. weird. <laughs> he's doing his own thing with this character. <laughs> I don't know. But he finally convinces them that this is not a joke. And Howard asks what they should do about Mike and Harriet. TJ tells Howard to stay with the women while he checks Tunnel 6 and Hollis checks the main shaft. They split up, which is obviously a great idea. Right. Well, he was dressed as Fred, so I guess he... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you he go with the dog <laughs> with the blood in his mouth and then... <laughs> but Hollis makes his way into the engine room and he finds Mike and Harriet unceremoniously dispatched, impaled together by what looks like a drill. Mm-hmm. So this is the downside of actually having to film in a mine. They could only bring certain lights, according to that interview with Terror Trap, because if the lights were above 50 watts, it could cause a methane explosion. Oh, my Jesus. God. And so I could barely see that this was a drill in them on yeah. my TV. It was like that episode of Game of Thrones all over again. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Like, what the fuck is going what on? What happened to the Night King? I don't fucking... But... <laughs> They had no choice, you know? Um, And also, of course, this one is very interesting, though, because this death scene, the footage has never been released. Hmm. Even in the uncut versions of the film that have been released since, for some reason, this footage is just gone. I wonder why. I don't know. Because aren't they having sex, though? Oh, maybe. So maybe that's maybe that's. They're like, look, we can't have two drills in the same scene. (laughs) (laughs) Hollis looks around and we see a very close-up shot of a nail being placed into a nail gun. Hollis whips his head around and his helmet flies off. He takes his sweet time fixing his hair before putting it back on. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I gotta look good for Patty. But before he can get it on, he's blinded by the headlamp of the miner who fires a nail directly into his head. Somehow, Hollis stumbles away. Yeah, I was like, how the hell did he get out of there? I have no idea. And again, in the uncut version, that shot you see of him putting the nail into the gun, Mm -hmm. that's the second nail that's fired. Ah, Because the first nail goes into the side of his head and you see it happen. Oh, poor Hollis. Makes even less sense for him to be surviving and rounding corners. (laughs) (laughs) But he does round the corner and he meets up with Howard, Patty, and Sarah, letting out an, oh, geez, before collapsing to the ground dead. Pour one out for a real one because fucking Hollis, man. Yeah, he was the best. Yes, he was the best of us. (laughs) (laughs) But Patty mourns her dead mustachioed boyfriend, but the group sees the miner off in the distance making his way toward them. Howard tries to get the women to run, but bails without them. That motherfucker's like... (laughs) He's like, look. Fuck this shit, I'm out. (laughs) He was just gone. Just, he told him, come on. He did. He did, but come on, man. He could have waited another second. <laughs> he's already he's already at the oh. surface. <laughs> but Sarah grabs Hollis's flashlight and is finally able to pull Patty away as they see the miner dip into a side hatch. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Too fast. But Axel appears out of nowhere, frightening the women. They tell him that Harry Warden is down here and he tries to get them to safety. He asks where TJ is, and they tell him he went looking for Mike and Harriet. Axel takes them through the tunnels, but they stop when they hear footsteps. They see a light coming down the opposite tunnel, and Axel readies himself with a log. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just preparing to whack the shit out of whoever rounds the corner. 
Just as the figure does round the corner, he gets gut checked. And of course, it's TJ. Well, in all fairness, they're both dressed in a jumpsuit with the fucking hat on. Well, so. It's just a bad idea. Yeah. Dresses the guy we're trying to find. Yeah. <laughs> but Axel fills him in on Hollis's death and says they need to get Sarah and Patty up to the surface, get help, and then come back for the others. Newbie arrives at the mine again, cautiously getting out of his car and drawing his pistol. He runs toward the steam-filled mine but can't get the elevator to work, and then he hears chatter on his radio, so he runs back to his vehicle. Back in the mine, the group makes it to the elevator and finds that the control panel has been sabotaged. Of course. Of course. Axel suggests that they climb up an adjacent ladder, and so they do. Uh, okay, literally the first shot we get here is up Patty's dress, which I was like, okay, maybe that wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. A little too much, but... This whole thing made me think of um, when you're in the, I guess, the sewers under the town in Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, yeah, And you're just yeah. climbing ladders and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's all I thought of. I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the group does climb up with water raining down on them, which can't be good for their footing. No. And the the Sarah and Patty are still wearing boots and heels. Yeah, yeah. it's fucking kicking horrible. Kicking those fuckers into the creek. I'm going barefoot. <laughs> yeah, I wonder Dude, why. that's true. Uh, just, I wonder why they never did that. I didn't even think about that. But Patty asks if they can stop and go another way, which might be the dumbest question I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah shouts to Axel, who is leading the pack, to go slower since Patty keeps stopping and slowing everyone down. Once Patty slips a little bit, she stops completely, saying she's afraid of heights and she's stopping right here. Move like your that is enough. Ass. Yeah. yeah, unacceptable. <laughs> That's enough, Patty. Sarah helps her continue at the insistence of TJ, though. But suddenly, Howard's body drops down, hung by the neck, a rope decapitating him, and his headless body falls to the bottom of the mine. How was that set up? How did that get set up? It was uh, <laughs> the same apparatus with the miner's arm and the prank. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> once, All right. Once they get to this rung, Howard's body, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but TJ shouts for the group to head back down, which is probably music to Patty's ears. Yeah. They make it back to the bottom and surmise that they can beat Harry Warden if they can make it to the rail cars. Moving across an area that's filling with water, Axel tasks TJ with getting the women across, telling him to shout around the corner when they've made it safely. After they do, they call out for Axel, but they hear a thud accompanied by Axel groaning and the sound of a body falling into water. <laughs> <laughs> none of this is good <laughs> the, the group decides to head back and look and they find a broken bridge and see a headlamp disappear into the water below realizing there's nothing they can do to save axel tj urges the women to continue on tj goes it's too late for axel yeah oh i'm he not knew? <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. Well, let's he... keep going <laughs> He said it's like 80 feet deep or something like that. Yeah. Now, the sight of the lamp disappearing was pretty cool. It was. I like that yeah, a lot. Yeah, it was. But as they move through the tunnel, they hear more creaking. TJ tells them to continue without him, and he hangs back. The women hear what sounds like a tunnel collapsing, and they head back to where they parted with TJ. They call out to him, but get no answer. They continue on without him, Sarah pushing Patty ahead of her. Suddenly, the miner jumps literally out of nowhere from around the corner and sinks his pickaxe into Patty's stomach. No warning. Yeah. None. Like, this shit is just happening. No, it and it happens so fast. Yeah. And it sucks because she's <laughs> literally got Sarah pushing her into her <laughs> own murder. <laughs> <laughs> 
which sucks a lot. But the miner beams his headlamp into Sarah's eyes and then she just runs away. Sarah took her friend being murdered very well. Dude, she oh, did. Yeah. In the next scene, she's just walking really slowly. <laughs> the- that's what I wrote. Like, I was like, she didn't give a no. fuck that Patty just got killed. It's like, your best friend is uh, dead, dude. In front of your eyes. She's like, well, well shit. That's, that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but outside the mine, the cavalry has arrived, including the mayor. Inside the mine, Sarah puts her back to a wall as the sound of footsteps grows closer and closer. A hand reaches out and it's TJ, blood running down the side of his head. Sarah just sobs as he holds her and they continue through the tunnel. Outside, Newbie tells the group that the elevator is out, so they'll have to get into the mine through an outside tunnel, which they do. Inside, as TJ is trying to get the controls to work for the mining carts, the miner is hot on their trail. He's literally just standing there, and then he just starts walking toward them. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I guess it's so my cue. Forget about me? Or... <laughs> but just as the carts begin to move, all three of them jump into them. A chase ensues, like some Scooby-Doo shit. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. As they jump from cart to cart. The miner catches up with TJ, who fends him off with his shovel. The two eventually fall out of the carts and continue to fight. Sarah joins TJ as the miner continues to swing his pickaxe at him, but misses wildly. Get out of the way, Sarah. I know, oh, no. you're, I know you're trying to help. <laughs> Goddamn, get out of the way. Like, Is this please. when she fell into the wall? I, I was think like, so. how yeah. did you even do it's that? like, you are a hindrance. Yeah. <laughs> get out. Yeah, it's like, I, I get what you're trying yeah, to do yeah. here. <laughs> but you will get us both yeah. killed. <laughs> The mining carts go past the cavalry, which means they're not far from TJ and Sarah. The miner continues trying to swing on TJ, but he and Sarah dip into a side tunnel underneath a plank that reads, Danger, keep out. Of course. Of course. The miner breaks through the plank and joins them inside. It's like, you really shouldn't have moved the fight in here. Yeah. yeah. This wasn't, <laughs> no. no. Well, for someone who does a lot of writing, he didn't really read that <laughs> yeah. fucking sign. <laughs> But once inside, TJ begins to fight the miner, the two of them accidentally crashing through all kinds of support beams. Once the miner gets his pickaxe stuck in a wall, <laughs> he just straight pulls out a knife <laughs> <laughs> and advances on TJ and Sarah. He's like, I didn't want to have to use this, but it's where we are right He's now. He's like, you want to dance, Grease Monkey? <laughs> <laughs> in the struggle, Sarah rips off the miner's mask, revealing him to be Axel. No. No. Ah. Why, Axel? Why? The That's look like... on his face, though, is so haunted and yes. sad that it's like chilling. It is. Just again, that vacant stare, almost like what we saw of Harry Warden when he was screaming yeah. in the mine. Mm-hmm. I have to ask very quickly, though, because John Paul and I watched this together. Like uh-huh. he said before, he had never seen it before. But again, we try not to talk about it. Yeah. You know? Were you actually surprised that it was Axel? Because oh, yeah. your mouth dropped open. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it did. That's so funny. The dude tells the whole story about Guy, you know, Harry Warden, whatever. And yeah. then through the, as the movie goes on, that's all they keep beating it into. Yes. It's Harry, yeah. it's Harry. Oh, my God. He's coming back. He's this and that. And then you don't, I guess it, it never really, like, he never popped out to me as. No, no, to be p- a, no. The, a potential for the killer. And then when it happened, I was like, holy shit, that <laughs> literally stumped the shit out of me. Uh-huh. Yeah, his like, mouth yeah, fell. I was not ready for that. I was like, no, why? Because, yeah. because that's, honestly. That's what TJ says. He's like, why? Actually, uh, why? <laughs> what else can you ask him? No, really. Like, to be, to be fair, if it was going to be anybody other than Harry, it would be TJ. Right. Because we've kind of set this up no, the yeah. whole movie that for if, sure. it's, if it's not him, it's TJ. And they've quickly dispatched all of their red herrings. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And well, so maybe it's happy. Nope. Never no, mind. No, never mind. He's dead <laughs> immediately. 
But we then get a flashback to 20 years ago when the supervisors were murdered by Harry Warden. It's revealed that one of the supervisors was Axel's father. And we see Axel as a child witnessing his father's murder, hiding under the bed, sucking his thumb, traumatized. Yeah. As Axel stares off into the distance, TJ whacks him with a large boulder the size of a small boulder. (laughs) 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 Sending him into the support beams, which collapse around him. TJ and Sarah head outside, meeting up with the cavalry and sending them inside that tunnel. TJ tells Newbie that it isn't Harry Warden. He says he knows and explains that the call that came in from Eastfield said that Harry Warden died five years ago. When the mayor asks who it is, TJ tells him it's Axel. Newbie tells TJ and Sarah to get to the surface, and the mayor says what we already know. It was on Valentine's Day that Harry Warden killed Axel's father. How have you never mentioned this yeah, before? Why the fuck? <laughs> no did foreshadowing, you wait? man. Yeah, Axel always I, gets weird around Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, like literally anything. nothing. I feel like they could have very easily brought it up without <laughs> giving this away yeah. earlier. Yeah. I mean, even if you just have him acting weird instead of smiling his ass off playing stab scotch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. But also very quickly, because this made me laugh really, really hard. Hmm. But when you said he tells <laughs> Sarah and TJ to get up or whatever. Yeah. They've just bombed this revelation that it's been Axel going around town killing everybody. Yeah. yeah. Mabel. Everyone. Everyone. And then the chief, <laughs> the chief goes, all right, get where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fucking in the hallway between classes. (laughs) What the fuck? He's an annoyed principal. Yeah. Yeah. Get where you're going. It's like the tardy bell is. I I fucking laugh. But the way he says it, though, is like, all right. Like, Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, fuck out of here. (laughs) Well, he kind of treats it like, yeah, we already knew that. (laughs) And the last horse fashes the the finish line. Get where you're going. Yeah. I I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I could not stop laughing. (laughs) Not the way it deserves. I was like, this deserved a much bigger yeah. Absolutely. Even a gasp. <laughs> something. But TJ and Sarah embrace before heading up the tunnel. Inside that mine shaft, the crew clears the debris, trying to unearth Axel's body as very sappy music plays. They see Axel's hand, which moves, and one of the crew shouts out that he's alive. He's alive? He just fucking killed everybody. What What does it matter? We gotta prosecute well, we gotta, him. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta put He's this dead. dude away. And the um, asylum that doesn't keep track of their exactly. patients. Oh, like, shit. oh, we've never heard of <laughs> Axel Palmer. <laughs> but this causes Sarah to run back to the mine shaft for some reason. TJ following behind her. She says she has to see him. Okay, this is when Axel loses his rabbit-ass mind. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we see that he's got an arm off him, which right. we actually see him cut off in the uncut version. Ah. And we see Sarah is holding his hand, but then she pulls it back, and it's just an arm. Pretty huh. cool shot. So he's like a fox caught in a trap? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's cunning. <laughs> but he shouts, Hanniger, I'll be waiting in hell for you. Then, Harry, I'm coming. This whole town is gonna fucking die. We're coming back, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he laughs hysterically, running further into the mine, finally pleading, Sarah, be my bloody valentine. And then he sings, Daddy's gone away. Harry Warden made you pay. Then he laughs hysterically as we fade to black and the credits roll. Before I ask the customary question, I just have to say we get a really cool song. Oh my god, I loved the song, the, the little folk song. Yes, 
I and from what I read, I believe it was on IMDb. It was an afterthought. I loved it. It's amazing. It tells the entire story. It's called Mm -hmm. The Ballad of Harry Warden, and it tells the whole legend. It's fantastic. And sounds like a legit folk song. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I want it on my phone. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But what did you guys think of My Bloody Valentine? I can't believe that I'd never seen this. Really? I know. Like, this movie was good. I watched it, and I was like, that's a fucking ending. Yes. I was like, that's a goddamn ending right there. And it's it's not like every other slasher, and it didn't go off the whole. Oh, if you're a virgin, you're gonna survive, or you're, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And and it just kind of well, clearly there wasn't any rules set yet, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It just it felt different for some reason, but similar. You yeah, know what I mean. I agree. And it was like this is great. That's really all more the most I can say. Like this movie. I was like, how have I not seen this before? Yeah. Because I was like, this is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, the ending, I was like, when it was revealed about dude, I was like, holy shit. Like, your sister's right. I was like, oh. no, his- <laughs> I was I was heartbroken. I was like, Axel, why? Axel. <laughs> I love that you were shocked. Like, I can't express well, how much it, I love like that. Like I said, it duped me the whole time. Yeah. Well, because yeah, it- you do. You think it's TJ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, this motherfucker later is going to be like, now that I got you. Exactly. Yeah. It's but, like, you disappeared. Yeah. And, and it did. It did that Morton. a lot. Like he just came out of nowhere. It was like, oh shit! And then them both wearing the same costume, that or the help. jumpsuit and all that. It yeah. was like, oh yeah, you, th- you're doing this to set this up later. Mm-hmm. But it was a setup that I wasn't like prepared <laughs> for. No, I I totally agree. I love this movie. I want to say that ending where he's fucking freaking out and yelling and running deeper into the mine. Uh-huh. The word coming back, you bastards, always makes me laugh. But like, it's. <laughs> chilling it it's is. very yeah. creepy especially when he's telling her to be his bloody valentine his voice yeah no yeah it's very creepy no, it's, yeah i read that nobody knew who the minor was gonna be hmm. and so they filmed the majority of the movie just playing their parts which i feel like really adds to that what huh. yeah because... when you find out that it's axel i read that later in production he had to get fitted for a, a, pros- a fake arm <laughs> oh, and right. then he was like Maybe it's me. (laughs) But up until then, he didn't know it could have been Harry. It could have been TJ. It could have been anybody, which I really think adds to that performance of, wait, it was... Yeah, Yeah. because... What? He never gives anything away of anything sinister. No, no. no. And I feel like knowing would really affect, you know, how he would play Axel. But damn, this movie is... I feel like it's not mentioned with the greats. It's It's not in the slasher conversation. And I don't really know why... Maybe because they cut out all the good kills. I mean, maybe. Or like the I good, think that might be part of I mean? it. The kills are still very creative. They are, but... You get your twist ending. Right. You get, I mean, it's still... It's not perfect. I mean, the... No, oh, yeah, no, his yeah. dad got murdered. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, but... why are you... So was he... Did the parties make him snap? Did he identify yeah. with Harry? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I would like a little bit more, but at the same time, I kind of like that he just stared with that really scary face right, right. and didn't say, well, listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when I was five. It's like, no, we didn't. <laughs> and that we child, don't need all that. That child actor looked like Axel. He did. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. very, yes, very good did. casting. But yeah, I really, like I said, it's not a perfect movie and there no. are definitely some moments that weren't meant to be funny, but fucking, <laughs> yeah. oh, cracked me up. Harry Warden's back. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. (laughs) But no, this movie is, I'd say criminally underrated. 
I would definitely agree with it's that. It's a it's a blast. It's it's just a great time. It's a it's a fun movie. You got to watch it every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, coincidentally, forgot to mention it at the top. This week marks the 40th anniversary of my bloody Valentine. Wow! Hey. So we good timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. This movie for me is easily in my top five slasher films. Oh, and it should be. Like, I mean, for sure. It's so good. So criminally underrated. I do think that they, like you said, if the gorier bits were left in, hey, gory bits. Hey, gory bits. Uh, <laughs> if the gory bits were left in, there'd probably be a lot more people holding this film in higher regard, and it would probably be talked about more. You're probably right. But I think what's here is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, like even with this, even with all the trims and cuts or whatever, talk it, about this. Watch this movie. I yeah, think that's for sure. what makes it better. I mean, that sucks that they cut it out, but knowing that even though they cut that out, mm -hmm. it's and still this great. movie's still that yeah. good, yeah. it's like, fuck, man. You guys were doing something yeah, great up there. Yeah. Something was right. In the great white north. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that brings us to ratings, and I'll go first. As I said previously, this movie was like a childhood staple for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so being able to revisit it and it still holds up right. is pretty fantastic, especially after 40 years. I think, like we said, it's criminally underrated. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. I do think it's a shame that we never got to see the director's pure vision. Yeah, that does suck. There is that special edition director's cut with a few more minutes extra that's been released, but it's still, according to the director, about 85 to 90% of what he wanted. Man. Damn. So it's still not there. And I, I think I read that it's three minutes. It's three extra minutes. That were added? Yeah, to, that, to that version. Go check out those uh, parts on YouTube. They are there yeah. for you to peruse. But I can't say enough about how much I enjoy this film. There are some issues, but you kind of just got to let him go, yeah. <laughs> honestly. But not to drag this on. I love this movie. Out of 10 hearty boxes of chocolate, <laughs> I'm going to give My Bloody Valentine 8.5 hearty boxes of chocolate out of 10. I really enjoy this movie. Yeah, no, it's great. But I... I'm going to now open the floor. All right. Um, I know I say this every time, but we don't need to rehash <laughs> everything that we said. It's uh, I agree. It's a shame that it got so cut up. Yeah, like, man. That, it, it's like it's just not fair. But um, yeah, there are a couple story issues, but I feel like that twist at the end kind mm -hmm. of makes up oh, for yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Really, really interesting kills. A really interesting and unique story. And a mine mm -hmm. is just creepy as fuck. Like, oh, why yeah. is that not Absolutely. utilized more? But yeah, on a scale from one to 10 hearty boxes of chocolate, I'm going to give my bloody Valentine eight out of 10 hearty boxes of chocolate. And it deserves every single one of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So I obviously like the movie. Right. <laughs> this was a very fun movie. And. I know you guys both said that there's problems, this and that. Fuck mm -hmm. that. Fuck those problems. <laughs> I don't give a shit. This movie is fucking fun. Yes. It really great. is. I do wonder why it's not talked about more. Yeah. Like it doesn't. Because it's really not. It's not bad. Mm. And that they don't talk about it. I mean, you might hear it in conversation here and there, but I don't like, 
like I said, I knew about it only because of the remake. Right. Right. And, you know what I mean? And then, like I said, the trailer for that looked crappy. So I was like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen it, please watch it. Yeah. Give it a try, a chance, whatever. This movie was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. So for me, on a scale from one to ten hearty boxes of chocolates, I'm going to give my bloody Valentine eight hearty boxes <laughs> of chocolate. You really built us up to... Yeah, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it was like 15. But it, it yeah. was... No, well, yeah, the, the smoothie was... Like I said, to me, the problems... The, the the whole better part of the movie outweighs any problems it has. Fair. No, that very is, fair. that's very and, fair. And like you said, there's parts that are that don't seem like they should be funny, but they are. <laughs> and I feel like that boosts it up there because it's not. You're not gonna sit there and be like, "Oh my god," you know what I mean? You're gonna be like, "That's fucking hilarious." Yeah. You know no, what I mean? The film has character. For yeah. Sure. Does. Oh like, yeah. For sure. I think, and there's something to be said about a slasher movie that also contains people around our age. Instead of teenagers or people our age playing teenagers. (laughs) But also it added a little love triangle. Like there was some drama in it too where you're like, oh, who's she going to end up with? It's a full story. (laughs) It really is. Um, One thing though that I do feel kind of bummed out about but could be redeemed in the future. Mm -hmm. He says, we're coming back, you bastards. Why has there not been a sequel made? Yeah, that's... And... Who's we? Yeah, well, him and Harry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Harry's dead. No, he's, he's still with him. But George Mahalka, in one of those interviews, expressed an interest in directing a sequel. And that was in a, maybe 2015. Oh, man, I'd be down. Mm, yeah. If he did, oh, I'd yeah. be down. I'd watch that. No, for sure. Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate My Bloody Valentine and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, no matter how deep you bury a town's secret, sooner or later, someone will get the shaft. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned until after the music. We'd like to give a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) Very special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huesden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Gary Fender, Jordan Nash, Kenton Allison Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers, ATX, Mandy, and Jennifer Perez. Thank you all so much. Yes. Yeah. Let's all be our, each other's Valentines this there year. There you go. Yeah, that's, so, <laughs> that's so sweet, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep the love going next week. Same time, same place, if you don't mind. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Whole film took place in mine. The Hanager mine. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>